welcome to Anyone for Coffee, episode the sixth, our women's health podcast funded by those amazing folks at the Wellcome Trust and British Podcast Awards. With me, Sarah Golding. Hello. And this, this right now, is part three of three on peri and postnatal depression with the amazing Lara Parker at the fore of sharing her thoughts and real life experience. The audio fiction, too, explores more of the darker places Gabby's wading into, but her pals are adamant on helping her get through this major life event with support, friendship, and a little bit of silliness. Tracy Greenwood of the Blackpool Teaching Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust offers some stellar input on how folks can recognise that maybe they need to get some professional help. And I cannot thank her enough for her valuable time and expertise, as right now... Probably even this minute. She is obviously still a hugely valuable and proactive member of the NHS. So, huzzas for the NHS, yes? <laughs> After three, go on, out loud, a huzzah. No matter where you are, even if people hear you, three, huzzah! I mean, where would this country be without the NHS? So, thank you sincerely to all the folks who do anything to do with the NHS. And my little brother... David, hello, is a technician paramedic in training on ambulances, my sister-in-law in mental health, hello Kylie, and we'll hear from her in future episodes, countless others in my family and more have worked tirelessly and conscientiously for this brilliant British institution. And I do guess right now we need them more than ever, hmm? and they are there for you, the NHS, it doesn't close. If you need it, if you listen to this episode and think, actually, I feel I do need to talk to someone, please do. I'll I'll say it again and again, you only get one life. And yours and the the growing life of your babies are so very precious. There are a huge array of links mentioned in these podcasts in the last six sessions on the www.quirkyvoicesatweebly.com website. Do have a look. Do get help. So... In the next audio fiction episode, Gabby talks about the dangers of comparing yourself to other mums, how she feels in hindsight that if she had got help, maybe everything, the self-analysis, the hyper-anxiety would have been dampened down and manageable. How good it is to surround yourself with pals you can talk to, to offload and be complete and utter dicks with. (laughs) If this doesn't make you want to get your sparklers and use them safely in your garden, I don't know what will. So much fun. Enjoy! Hmm. I guess what it boils down to, if, if I think about it, I'm just scared. Well, there's something you have now that you didn't have before. Yes! A new car! Rachel's us. See, now that you're talking to us, we can help if you'll let us, yeah? You've all got your own families too. And And there's great local postnatal groups. That's how I met you, Charlie, when you dropped Sasha off. Oh, yeah, and then I told you you should come and do the Amdram fun. And here we are. Hurrah for Amdram. I'm Am for Amdram. You all right, Rachel? Yeah. What? Uh, sorry, was I speaking? Sorry, I, I I forgot what I was doing. Oh, shit, I spilt my coffee. Sorry. I'll sort that out, madam. Yeah, and there's like play groups in the next village now and the, the church things. If you want to do that kind of thing, you're free biscuits. 
Oh, free biscuits. Perks of having babies, see? Oh, this carpet is so cool. It's baby massage, baby yoga. Oh, I'd like to do that. Yeah. You don't have a baby anymore. I could just see you turning up to baby yoga with an errant snotty six-year-old. Well, I could take Gabby and her new beautiful baby in about eight and a half months' time, right? Playgroups. <laughs> Bloody baby yoga. Oh, she starts the swearing again. Take cover. <laughs> Rachel, free biscuit incoming! <laughs> Good catch. <laughs> Sorry, I knocked your coffee flow. Oh, for goodness sake. On my hands and knees again. Please stop throwing biscuits. It was, it was probably hypersensitivity on my part, but before, I just felt so awkward, and I don't know. I I hated going. When I went to those things with Daisy, I felt that everyone's baby was way more settled than mine, and everyone else was doing a way better job of parenting than me, even you, Charlie. Oh, thanks. And everyone had, you know, way better boobs than I did. You have got great norks. Norks? What's them in a month of Sundays? Boobs. And they'd, they'd oh. mastered the sling better than I had and were looking after themselves better than I was, and I was so hypercritical of myself. I just... I don't think I can deal with that, you know, outer pain and inner beating, you know? SPD was so painful. I mean, I'm still not right now. And What's it been, what, three years? But there's good times, right? I mean, as Freya said, time messes with your head. And, well, you've got more hormones than an eggy protein shake whizzing around you right now, right? <laughs> I mean, there'll be lots of good times with baby, right? You're just lingering on the not-so-good pregnancy, which this time, if properly managed, can be better. Like Freya said, your memory gets a bit warped. Do you not remember not sleeping for three years, Charlie? Uh-huh. Or feeling ragged and having no time to shower or, or wee? Or poo. Or poo. God, that sounds horrid. There was this fella I was going out with and he never shut the door when he, you know... <laughs> gross. <laughs> I just remember Daisy screaming the house down and I didn't know why. And everything she did or didn't do was the opposite of what she was supposed to do, like... The squealing, childy cry, oh, it went right through my head. Oh, God, I was like shouting, shut up, oh, God, enough, shut up, just sleep. It wasn't until I realised later that, that all that, all, all that I had was feeling down to PND. Post-nasal drip, a runny nose. Oh, my God, postnatal depression, Rachel. Oh, yeah. Now I see where you're coming from. I felt like that after I had you. Hefty crying little thing with your scratchy mitts and your dry eyes and your weeping sores and your... Mama, let her talk. I was horribly hypercritical of myself and and of her and of my parents, our parenting, whether or not I should wean her, routines. I mean, everything you could think of. I was second guessing, third guessing, fourth guessing, everything, questioning, absolutely everything. Comparing everyone's children to the nth degree to my own. Weight, clothes, appearance, aptitude. uh, Boobs. Everything and... Go on. Well, in hindsight, maybe if it had been diagnosed properly early on, maybe I would have been a little less critical of myself. And if I'd have been seen medically and given some medication, I think it would have dampened down that hyper-anxiety and critical sort of tendency to 
self-analyse very much. Well, what about Gordon? I mean, he pulled his weight, right? He's a great dad. He's bloody lovely, he is. Yeah, yeah. He, he is, I know. And I, I do love him. I'm just cross. With, with me, with, with him, with the world. It, it's all wrong. It's like... It's like I've stepped through the wrong door, uh, upside down. Stranger things. You know those those well-known TV puppets in, in the theatre boxes? The, they're like the good cop and the, the bad cop, and then basically both bad cop. Well, that was me at night. I'd, I'd be wide awake, couldn't sleep for pain and worry and more pain. It was like I was wide awake and looking at Gordon, sleeping peacefully next to me and thinking, Dad, you'll be asleep. I'm awake, your daughter's awake, fucking wake me! <laughs> he has to get up and do a full day's work and I don't, so he absolutely has to have his sleep. No, fucking wake up! I'm awake! I'm upset! You should be awake! Yeah, maybe you should wake up, selfish bastard. <laughs> yeah! Get your ass off me out of here! I'm awake, you should be awake! Wake up! Wakey, wakey! Wake up, selfish Wake up, wake up, Great voices, Gabs. <laughs> Bet you're great at telling bedtime stories. <laughs> I just remember being zombified. Oh, yeah, I've seen you with a hangover. Nasty. <laughs> Goat's head. I know it's not all roses. I know that. I was in labour for 48 hours. Maybe 50 more. I- Goat's head. And it was worth it to bring Daisy into the world. You're going to hate me, but you're being so selfish. Make Make me turn into a goat's head. What? What? It's not the baby's fault that you had SPD. It's genetics and body shape and hereditary factors and... I remember doing that in science. science. I used used to make you turn into a goat's head. Rachel? Rachel, are you actually in this conversation or, or having one with someone else? What? Well, you look like you're in a weird trance thing. You keep saying weird things out loud, right? I used to make the uterus into a goat's head in my textbooks. Drew the eyes in and everything at school. I knew you were going to say that to that, say the chimney coffee palm. Um, are you all right, Rachel? Mm, uh <clears throat> Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just got a, a, a bit of a headache coming on. You got any more parrot things? Parrot things? Parrots eat more. I've run out. Oh, you need drugs. Um, top drawer under the microwave. Help yourself. Having a baby is one of the most amazing and precious feelings. I know it was a long time ago, but I still remember the feeling. I missed you kicking me, pushing up against my ribs and giving me heartburn and, oh, you used to hiccup so much. (laughs) You still do. It was very funny. Thanks for that, Mum. Hiccups. Oh, God. Do you mind if if, if I go into your garden, Gabby? All a bit too hot. Oh, are you like, Flo? Can you shut the door, please, too? Right, you are. You won't always feel this deep, Gabby. It's just, I think it's all maybe a bit of a shock and, well, things don't have to be like last time, do they? I'm sure they can help manage that SPD better. 
and at least you're prepared in as much as you know what it is and how it's made it easier to manage and, you know, all that stuff. It's only nine months as well, isn't it, really? I mean, that's like not long at all. It took me nine months to pass my driving test, to grow my pineapple plant, to write my first novel, and no, you're not reading it. Oh, well, I have to read that. Is it like my dad wrote to porno? Did he? Oh, Rachel, if only you knew. And maybe you will, but... Oh, right now you have no damn idea how it feels, what it's like, and... Wait, wait can you... Can you smell smoke? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Oh, oh is it... Oh, Lick, it's Flo. <laughs> um, Come outside, Gabby. I made your fairy ring of happiness. Whoa. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's my dog. Oh. Oh, Mum. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? You've used up all my sparklers for tonight. Right, sit here in this love heart of sparkling joy and think... Oh, I want you to do some meditation with me. Think? With all this noise? Mum, did you like all the sparklers at once? <laughs> no, I kept this pack for you. Let's do a gender reveal. <laughs> Your mum is absolutely nuts. I love her. <laughs> she is. Um, me too. Uh, what do you mean a, a gender reveal, Mum? What are you on? I mean, we know you're a, a woman, unless... You're about to, uh... <laughs> Here you go, Charlie. Right, Ooh. you lot, pick a sparkler. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now, this is a mixed pack. I reckon we'll all pick out the same colour. And if that happens, Ooh. that will be what gender a baby oh, will have like... in. <laughs> this is so stupid. Do I have to? Yes, you do, grumpy <laughs> drawers. OK, light them up, ladies. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're all blue! <laughs> Oh, yay, the boys' team! Oh. <laughs> right, let's make love hearts in the air. Oh, we're going to make Gabby so she remembers this. <laughs> but she's feeling a bit shit and down. She can remember me prancing around without my bra on. Oh. Making love hearts in her face. Mum, oh. please put your bra back on. You don't need to lie with those and all this prancing about. Where do you put it? I'm not wearing one at all today. Oh, no. Want to see? No! Oh my oh. God, Mum! Oh, my, my hiccups are gone. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm not wearing one either, and it feels so free. Okay, that's it. Mine's coming off. Come on, Charlie. Gabby. Way the freer. Free the double G's, baby. <laughs> what? No, what are you on about double G's? Well, you've got to be at least a double G there. More than a handful's a waste, right? I thought it was a mouthful. Come on, <laughs> unleash the beasts. You'll feel a lot better. Hooray, Charlie! Oh, cheerio came out. <laughs> I wonder what that was. <laughs> I am not going to take off my bra. I'm just going to sit around and enjoy my sparkler and watch you being absolute braless dicks. <laughs> <laughs> when that sparkler's finished, you can go and um, call the doctors, yeah? And... Uh, yeah, they can plan to help you through this pregnancy, do you think? And uh, can't wait to meet Charlie too. I'm not calling my beautiful baby boy Charlie. Charlie's a name for a braless dickhead. Oh, and she's back in the room. Or the garden. Oh, no, Mum. You set a light to the bush there. Mum. Mum. Oh, I'll thwack it out with Charlie's bra. Take that. <laughs> Uh, I'll just sit here uh, and film you lot. Uh, £1,200 of this. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to 
was one twenty quid bar as well. Oh, well, don't keep hold of it. Throw it, throw it, oh. stamp on it. Uh, oh, God, you just set fire to your hair, you idiot. Oh. Do you have a fire extinguisher, Gavin? <laughs> can you put it out with your doubtingly <laughs> sharp wit? Oh, I'm sorry, Freya. About earlier, but... It's all right. You don't have to. Come on, up we get. Hug. Go on then, oh. mummy to be. Oh, Jesus, the lawn's on fire over there now. Oh my God, where's the fire extinguisher? Oh, our bucket. Well, there's both in the kitchen. Oh, thanks, Freya. I'm sorry for what I said earlier. That was out of order. Oh, no worries. I know you've had a shock, and oh. I want you to know that I am That's here it. for you. Yeah, but I understand it's difficult. Hello. I can't empathise, no, but I can try to understand oh. better. But. Don't push me away, okay? Oh my god. Unless you're going to fart, I don't want to be anywhere near one of your farts ever again. Oh, you got it. I'm going to go help Charlie oh get that extinguisher. Oh my god, I think that's it. That's it. So pretty. Oh my god. <laughs> you lot are such a bunch of absolute dicks. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, this is absolute chaos. But, oh, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I do love you, two creasers. Are you on for coffee? You can make it, Charlie. Wasn't that ending wonderfully bonkers? Uh, <laughs> there was a, a little left field of flow, but you understand that she's dosed up on medication and possibly quite high for all the wrong reasons right now. Maybe she even started off the day with some wine, you know, to help her get through her anxiety, which mixed with medication probably isn't a good idea. And this is not to say in real life that Diane Alexander would have behaved like this. As I've said, some of the audio fiction has been highly theatricalised to have more of an impact or give quick accessibility to, to character behaviours. But that aside, thank you so much to my cast, Diane, Lucy, Kirsten, for their voice acting fun times, for their amazing parts in the series, and of course to the amazing Lara Parker for her portrayal of the ups and downs of someone struggling with her mental well-being and ruminating on the dark side and, and the light side of a whole new world of babies she's about to dive into again. Now, we move on to Tracy Greenwoods talking how to recognise if you need help, looking at the signs and symptoms to look out for and advice on how and where to get help. So symptoms can be experienced from quite a broad spectrum, really, from mild to severe. Mm. It's recommended that mothers do talk to a health professional, whether that be a health visitor, midwife or GP, who are all trained in assessing and arranging support and treatment. There's also other quite severe symptoms, mental health symptoms, that can occur during pregnancy and postnatal as well. Mm. So it's about being really mindful of making sure that the symptoms that they have, that they're getting the right support for. So when we're thinking about postnatal depression, it can affect women in lots of different ways. It can start at any point in the first year after giving birth, and it may develop suddenly or it may be gradual. Many women can feel a bit low, tearful, anxious in the first few weeks that we've talked about with the baby blues. Yeah. There are some common symptoms that can last longer. So these common symptoms may include a persistent feeling of sadness and low mood, loss of interest in the world around you and no longer enjoying things that you used to get pleasure from, mm. having lack of energy, feeling tired all the time, trouble sleeping at night or feeling sleepy during the day. And some parents will say that they're sleeping really well for long hours, but yet they wake up and they're exhausted. 
feeling that they're unable to look after the baby, problems concentrating, making decisions, appetite changes. Sometimes it can be loss of appetite, but also it can go the other way and feeling that you're comfort eating a lot, Mm. feeling agitated, irritable, that you just can't be bothered, feeling guilty, hopelessness, self-blame, difficulty bonding with the baby, with feelings of indifference and no sense of enjoyment of the baby's company. There can also be frightening thoughts as well, such as feeling that you're hurting your baby. These can be really scary, but they're very rarely acted upon. It's important that the the symptoms that you have, you get the right support for. Some women can also feel quite panicky. They can get aches and pains. They can generally feel unwell. They may have increased anxiety. Like I said previously, that sometimes with postnatal depression, there can be anxiety as well. Mm. So excessive worrying about the baby, feeling on edge all the time. In a very small number of cases, perinatal mental health issues can deteriorate very rapidly. And there are what we call some red flags to look out for, Mm -hmm. uh, which could indicate that the woman needs urgent help. These would be feelings and thoughts of making her disturbed or anxious, thoughts that she's never had before, thoughts of suicide or harming herself in violent ways, persistent feelings of incompetence that she can't cope or distant from a baby. Also things like hallucinations and other unusual thoughts or behaviours. What I would say is that in that very small case, which is generally one or two per thousand, that you seek immediate help, that you contact the specialist, perinatal mental health team, the GP, or if urgently, the 999 if needed. It's so important that mums who feel like that get the help as soon as possible. And that can be a condition called postpartum psychosis. But there are so many symptoms, common symptoms for postnatal depression. And it depends on what severity that mum feels or that dad feels to what help would be offered or what help they would find beneficial. Mm -hmm. But it's always worth talking to a health professional. And if if the symptoms were she felt was quite mild or he felt he was quite mild, then, you know, maybe the health visitor would do some listening visits and talk about some self-help strategies. Mm-hmm. But even symptoms that are mild to moderate, that can sometimes influence how the baby's feeling and about their infant mental health. Right. So it's so important that mums get that support, recognise these symptoms and get the support as soon as possible because it's so common. Thank you. I mean, I, I, as you know, with many conditions, there's a, obviously a huge range of ways things manifest. And if any of those kind of little signs and signals there do resonate with you, then please do get in contact with your local health service, your GP, and and talk to someone and tell someone, even if that starts with talking to your partner and they then potentially with you seek the help that uh, they want to support you with. I think it's really key to make sure that you aren't insular and as we've mentioned before that you don't feel alone. There are other people going through this and the NHS services Tracy included are there to help you not judge you not you know do crazy horrible things they're there to nurture and help and try and get you through your days with the help and the facilities and the resources that they have got at their beck and call so don't be afraid 
of the NHS. Don't be afraid of help. They are there to for sure help you. And I'm sure Tracy would reiterate that (laughs) having worked with a variety of different people and different stages. (laughs) Absolutely. I think we have a lot of pressure. Well, parents feel a lot of pressure that once the baby's born, that they should have this instant love and that Mm. everything's going to be fine. And actually the transition to parenthood can be a really difficult time. Yeah. And sometimes when a mum is feeling low, then that can affect how their relationship is with their baby. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about them. It's about the baby relationship as well. And some services have some really good services to help with how mum's feeling with her postnatal depression but also how to help that relationship with their baby as well. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful advice, yeah. And, you know, what what is more precious than that relationship that a parent has with their baby? And, and I think as well that the way that Lara talks about her real-life experience and how Gabby manifests this idea of what it is to be a mother and how that changed her. And the moment of meeting the baby, I found when I was talking to Lara about her real-life experience and kind of thinking, who's this? This isn't mine. And I, I just feel how she was able to, to voice that and, and say that if that's you, then there are people who can help you for ways into to finding that bond and to nurturing that relationship that will be beneficial to everyone. I mean, with regards to the bonding with the baby, is there any advice that you can give to new mothers that uh, might be useful to do with partners? and or family members or by yourself yes yes there's lots of things that can be done because we know that from conception to the age of two of a child that's when a large proportion of the brain development occurs for that child Mm. so actually that baby starting to feel secure with the main caregiver and also that mum that dad starting to bond with baby is so crucial because Mm. how that brain grows depends all on that relationship Mm. so in health visiting we are always promoting a loving bond and helping to consider the attachment for baby to mum or dad or the main caregiver thinking about having that baby close to them so if they've got a sling or just a skin to skin you don't have to use a sling being able to see when baby smiles so if baby smiles and you smile they're going to smile back it's what we call the serve and return it's a lovely way of helping baby's brain grow Mm -hmm. we know that a billion neurons are fired per second so this sort of stuff is really important to help that brain grow for the baby Mm. in positive ways then having their needs being met as soon as possible so what we find is that often parents will say oh that's a hungry cry oh they're getting tired oh they want this so thinking about what baby wants what baby needs what baby likes can really help with that loving attachment Mm. There's also the Association of Infant Mental Health. There's a website and they have some beautiful clips on there about getting to know your baby and recognizing what state baby's in, whether they're in a sleepy state or an active alert state, quiet alert state. So having that baby close, because we know their vision, Mm. if you are feeding baby, 
They can recognize your face and that is what they want to see them first few weeks. They want to be held close. They want to feel that parent's heartbeat. They want to feel safe and they want the basic needs of being fed, feeling warm, having their needs met as soon as possible having the cuddles. Even now, I still hear sometimes saying, oh, you know, you're going to spoil that baby if you cuddle them for too long. That's Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as spoiling your baby by giving that love, closeness and attention with that baby. That helps that baby feel safe. That helps with them to form that attachment with that mum. So it's so important to To help create that bond. Yeah, I was going to say, I need cuddles too like that. And I'm sure you do too, Tracy. (laughs) I think cuddles are very... Any kind for anyone uh you know how that feels and so think about how you know nurturing that for that baby would also help them happy up holding (laughs) that baby in mind what do they like what do they like this and if they're feeling sad often we have a little sad face to go oh I can see you're not feeling happy let's try this let's Mm. try this way of winding let's give you a cuddle this way Mm. and Finding out babies' likes and dislikes can really help with that relationship. Yeah. And also offering that, what I've talked about, the serve and return. So if you're smiling at baby, then baby's going to want to smile back. And if you're smiling, that's releasing happy feelings for you and it releases happy feelings for baby. Yeah, Babies have feelings. They feel sad. They feel cold. They feel warm. They feel happy. They don't have the complex feelings initially of guilt feelings, but they certainly have the happy and the sad feelings and the basic feelings Mm. to help them manage their emotions. They need that parent there saying, it's okay. You know, maybe you're crying because you've got a bit of wind. It's all right. Mm -hmm. Let's just help you with your wind then. Mummy's here. Daddy's Mm. here. Let's try and help you. And then knowing that, the baby will know that actually this parent is understanding me. They're, they're getting what I want and that's a nice feeling if if someone you're talking to or trying to communicate with is saying yeah I understand where you're coming from mm. that makes you feel better in yourself and that's just the same for babies yes uh, yeah, that's beautifully put thank you and I just want to touch on actually how if partners are worried about their other half and maybe you've noticed some if I listening to this podcast as well some of the signs that actually maybe my partner is is having this issue what do you recommend someone who who's worried about someone does to, to be useful to be helpful so yes you're quite right sometimes the mum doesn't always know that kind of they're going down this gradual low mood spiral mm. and partners notice the signs first they kind of they recognize perhaps there's a bit more crying going on for no obvious reason that yeah. they're withdrawing from people that they don't normally do that they're perhaps neglecting themselves in a little way losing sense of time that the the partner is you know, doing something that normally only takes them 10 minutes, but actually it's took them two hours. Mm. So if they're worrying about their partner, then I would really encourage them to speak to the partner about perhaps what they're noticing and having this time in, in a calm way to say, look, you know, I'm not judging here, but I'm just feeling that perhaps you're not yourself and I'd really like to help you. And There is advice on the NCT website, on the NHS website, MIND websites, things like that for partners if they are worried and perhaps 
how to approach it and how to support them. But often recognising and talking to the partner can be a big relief for the woman because they don't feel that they have to put this pretend on them that I am coping. Where actually, you know, they can ask their partner, what can help while you're feeling like this? Mm -hmm. Can I take baby for half an hour while you go and soak in the bath? Or perhaps can I do the night feeds because it's a weekend and I'm not working this weekend? What can I do to help? Mm -hmm. And often then the partner will say, you know what, it would be a great help if you could do this or you could do that. And they feel that they're not on their own. Partner, the word is important. It means you're working together. And that's the key thing. You have obviously roles as mum and mum or mum and dad or whatever the dad and dad, however this relationship works. But yeah, I think partner is, is the key thing to think. And if you do see someone you love who is struggling, I think opening that communication and starting that with a viewpoint of being helpful and useful because you love them is something that perhaps is hard to do sometimes. But in the end, I'm sure it will make you stronger and you both will feel better for doing so. Yeah, we we know from the research that actually relationships, mm. they're often reported to kind of decline in satisfaction once a baby's born, right. which is understandable, really, when you think about the lack of sleep, the pressure of being a mm. parent, the worries of, you know, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? How should I be doing this? Is baby growing? Yeah. Am I doing all the things that a parent should be doing? So this can all increase pressure on parents and relationships. Mm. So being able to talk well with each other and have that really good listening times together can be very beneficial. Thinking about ways of helping each other. Like I say, sometimes partners, dads can feel low as well. It's very common. Mm -hmm. Up to Mm -hmm. one in nine dads can have this low mood. So if that partner is feeling that way, and you are as well, that can be an incredible difficult time and Mm -hmm. also could potentially be detrimental for the baby's well-being too. So it's about making sure that you're supporting each other and recognizing signs and symptoms together and perhaps offering support to each other to make sure that you're getting your rest that you're doing the chores that have to be done but also enjoying this time the best you can with baby what a beautiful way to end with that sentiment i think all of the things that you've mentioned are hugely useful no matter what your journey right now i'm sure you're grateful to tracy for sharing this insight and information so so thank you so much tracy for all your time you've given to us today and i'm sure that uh, folks listening are, are grateful to, to what you've been able to share so thank you very much thank you sarah thank you very much it's a great opportunity to and such an important topic to be sharing making parents think about their emotional well-being yeah i agree so yes so come on parents let's help help ourselves and help each other to help ourselves as well marvelous Well, thanks again to Tracy for that fantastic amount of information and well I cannot say it enough if you feel deep down something isn't right or as we mentioned your partner who feels your beloved is behaving and talking or not talking in their normal usual way then oh, please do seek help it really is all set up so you can speak to professional people used to helping folks in a variety of mental health stuck places and you owe it to yourself, your baby and your family to keep you as healthy and happy as possible. 
Talking of which, here's the final interview with wonderful, wonderful Lara Parker. We um we talk all things top tips for coping. Her final thoughts on what to do if you think you might be acting a little odd like Gabby or just not yourself and more. Enjoy. For whatever reason, I didn't, I don't remember really talking to many people about it. Mm. And I don't think I've ever really, other than with my husband, I don't think I've ever really sort of said to people, what was I like then? Right. Because I, I only have my own memories of it. Yes. I'm pretty certain if my husband was being candid, he would say, oh, God, you were awful. Um, because in hindsight, I know I was. Right. But I didn't see it at that point. No. No. So, I mean, it's hard to know. It, it is, you know, it, you used the word trauma within there once or twice. And I think it's really interesting, isn't it? If you can ever get over the the hump of that mm. kind of major style of event and yes the fact is when this little someone comes along it's it's going to be a perpetual presence mm. forever i mean mm. uh, when you were alone with did you find there were times when you did start to feel that natural not for probably about six months right took well maybe no, maybe about four months okay. but certainly in the very very early days it, it really it, if there were occasions of it, it was very, very rare, very mm. few and far between. Mm. I think when he started responding a bit and mm-hmm. giving a bit back, it got easier. Yeah, smiling. Yeah. That. yeah. When yeah. we weaned him, it got easier again because the reflux dampened right down. Yeah. And then actually, between the ages of about nine months and 18 months too, mm. he was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And I, But I was in a better place as well, so... Yeah. Yeah. It was much easier then. Yeah. And other people's babes and mm. similar age and so on, how much at that point then were you... When we went to the eight-week check, I'd met another local mum and kind of in a, you know, permanently exhausted pigeon sort of stupor. Mm. I'd gone, I only live around the corner, do you want a cup of tea? And she'd <laughs> yeah. Gone, yeah, all right then. <laughs> That's the extent of the communication. <laughs> yeah. You know, for all I know, I gave her a hot cup of of water with milk in it I, I can't remember, you know quite possible she didn't even notice but so we started talking mm. and then she said come around to mine because I've got another couple of friends from an NCT group who you might like to meet cool and so for a while the four of us met quite regularly right and then now with my son being eight it's only me and one other of them who are still very regularly in contact. Right. Ironically, her son has the same birthday as wow. They're best buds. They're That's birthday twins. Glorious. Yeah. Um, and I, I have a lot of time for the mum. Mm. But she's not someone I ever would have chosen to spend time with had it not been for the fact that our children are See, that, incredibly I find close. that fascinating. And that's kind of the point of the Anyone for Coffee thing as mm. well, is that there is something that connects these people. But yeah, I found that. that I, I, uh, I'm so different. Well, probably to lots of people, but <laughs> I am my own unique self. As, as one of my teachers said to me, don't let all the crazy out at once. <laughs> my goodness, the world would never be the same again. But no, just that whole thing of like, gosh, I am so, I'm, you know, I'm not handbags, I'm not mm. fashion, I'm not, I'm just Sarah, quite frankly. Mm. And and of course, everyone else would see themselves as just mm. whatever they are. But, but it was 
for me, I think it's that thing of there was that person who's like, right, let's go to this park. Mm. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can. And mm. and actually thinking, okay, well, I'll try. And, you know, being that person potentially that is often late or because I still had various issues as well happening or that there was something else happening that I, I wanted to go and do. Mm-hmm. And I just found that the, the gentle but nurturing mm-hmm. pushiness of these mm-hmm. other mums really made my early life with my kids so much more amazing Mm. and we we saw some places and found some really cool places to go to Mm. and be and and I think also you know for the kids to have that little network of Mm -hmm. people familiar who Mm. uh, live close by and and can then you know nurture some relationships I think is is Mm. also good not just for you but for, for them too and I think the whole thing of like competition as well it just permeates everything, doesn't it, to a certain point. And I do remember being in a shopping centre and just thinking, I can't mummy anymore. I can't. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't adult. I don't know. Stop the world, yeah, I want to get off. <laughs> absolutely, all of that. And these other two were going to go off to something. And I just thought, I, I can't, I don't want to. I just need to retire to my, my own safe space mm. and just be for a moment. And I think... And I think that's healthy too. Mm. I think as long as there's the balance of, of I think no, knowing when when you when you want to be social and when you don't. Yeah. Um, and there's there's certainly a lot to be said for encouraging you to get out and about because again, in hindsight, I did always feel much better when I'd left the house, mm-hmm. even if it was an absolute pain in the ass to get out of the house. Yes, the amount of stuff. And... Stuff. And also, you know, you can't just pick up your keys and your phone go because <laughs> you need, you know, the bruggy and the change of clothes and the change of shoes and the million blankets and the nappies and the wipes. And then, of course, yeah. the second you get ready to go, they've done a punami and you have to start all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that the best one after apple juice, I was breastfeeding at the time. And, you know, those little sleeveless ones that the mm. babes have. Basically, it was projectile. Mm. Oh, it was just, how's that come out of your arms and your legs? How is that? And has all that come out of you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and no, I think there are quite a, a few, you know, amazing surprises. But also, that's the thing. I mean, did did sometimes make you laugh? You Did you find that happy? you're a very sides. happy person. As in far hindsight, as I certainly, there's, there's been elements of, of parenting where you just go, oh, my God. God, <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like when you look back at photos of yourself when you're little, and you go, "What was my mother thinking?" Dress me in that. Yes, <laughs> if I have some beautiful homemade yeah. dresses. There's, there's certainly, I think, a very useful tip that I didn't realise until it was almost a bit late for me. But all of those little baby onesies mm-hmm. have really wide necks. They're designed to be pulled down over the arms, right. down the torso, down over the bottom, the hips and the legs. So if you, in the evident case of a punami, it does not have to go up and over oh, their heads. Nice. Yeah. Because I resorted to cutting some of them off <laughs> and they just went in the bin. <laughs> but now I know. Yeah. And also, if you have a little boy, mm. when you undo their nappy and take the nappy off, Fold it back over again for about 30 seconds. Because <laughs> they will and do pee in on you, in your eye, in your ear, yes. in your mouth, up your nose, and in their own face. I remember that happening in a pub. It's mm. quite impressive. Basically, the arc went from from my torso up over my face, <laughs> hit the ceiling, and the bit marvellous. <laughs> it was quite impressive. Marvelous. So, yeah, I don't know if anyone can better that. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, for now, mm. you feel you have a, a good relationship with Yes. I feel like 
we most of the time get on well. Mm. Most of the time we understand him. Most of the time our parenting styles are fairly even. Mm -hmm. We have established a number of rules, routines, understandings and behaviours with him. He is an only child. We have talked on a number of occasions about whether or not a sibling is a good idea. Mm. Purely selfishly, I think I would only have a sibling for his benefit because if I had to put my body and my relationship through that phase of life again, I'm not sure either of us would survive it. Really? And I'm not sure putting through that now would be fair. Okay. Sometimes it breaks my heart a little bit because I've watched him with other people's siblings, little Mm. ones especially, especially, and he's gorgeous with them. And he really likes them. He really likes little people. And he's very good with them. So in a sense, I, I feel dreadfully guilty about that because mm. I, well, I'm an only child and I always wanted siblings and never had them. Right. And I always swore that when I had children, I'd definitely have more than one. <laughs> like ten. And, and, and yeah, that's not going to happen. I think in, in hindsight, it was a good thing not to have another one. Right. I think now that we have, we have him, our relationship with him is established. I think for the most part, he's a fairly happy balanced little boy yeah oh, he's um, gorgeous he's a happy yes. soul <laughs> whenever i've seen him he's 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 a bright little thing and he's mm. he's very used to talking to adults because obviously most of the time he does yeah but he's also quite charismatic and he has a good bunch of, of friends who are his age and he's quite can be quite sociable and yeah i i think now all is all is good mm. i i won't lie i'm i'm not mentally the healthiest person I know. I am on antidepressants and have been now for six months, James, longer, Um, because I went through a phase probably about nine months ago of of just being really snappy Mm -hmm. and really, really nasty (laughs) to those people who are closest and nearest and dearest to me. And it took James to say to me, I'm not being funny, but I think you need to go to a doctor because right. this is this is ridiculous. And did and you recognise it then in yourself? I rec- I recognised that I wasn't being nice. Right. But my immediate way of coping with that was to go. Well, I'll just I'll just go somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'll leave you and he alone because clearly you'll do better without me around. And rather <laughs> rather than try to fix myself, I just thought, well, I'll just leave because it'd be easier. Oh. <laughs> but thankfully, I went to the GP my husband's behest and she was wonderful and mm. um, I started on some medication and within two weeks I was feeling a lot lot better okay and and how um, are they monitoring that I'm seeing her I think now every couple of months right and mm. she's just said to me look just don't even think about coming off them for at least a year mm-hmm. don't be ashamed of it and I'm like I'm not it's okay. fine I don't have a problem with being on them whatsoever it's not like I broadcast it but I mean if someone else was had that thought that yeah. oh, maybe I'm not in the right place. Yeah. It's quite a brave step to, to seek help. Would you agree? It's a brave step, but the first the first step to admitting that you have a problem is always admitting that you have the problem, and mm. then the second step is always seeking help. Mm. I would advise anyone and everyone to go to their GP because GPs now are so switched on to mental health. Oh. Higher tier mental health services like, you know, sort of later referral and children and adolescent mental health services and CAMs and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm are horribly, horribly overworked and take a lot of getting to. Mm. But my GP was wonderful. She saw me. She started me on medication. She said, I want to see you in two weeks' time. Yep. 
And I went back and she said, how are you feeling? And I said, I, I think they're working. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, great, have another month. I'll see you in a month. She referred me to an NHS talking service called Silverlight, okay. which is um, something that is you do online. They, you phone up, you have a telephone consultation, they give you a login and you access a programme online. And it's up to you to work through as little or as much of that as you like. And it's mm-hmm. based on a CBT model. Right. I found actually that I didn't give the time to it that I needed to. I was going to say, would... you sit down and well, you're make supposed conscious to. effort to give yeah, space you're supposed and time to, to it. Yeah. Um, because obviously part of self-care is giving yourself that space and that time. Mm. And then with the agreement of your, your online sponsor as such, they ring you either once a week or once every two weeks mm. and they just, they read through what you've written and then they discuss it with you and then you move forward. Okay. And I did that for a couple of weeks and it just it wasn't for me because I prefer talking to someone face-to-face. I don't like the whole sort of disjointed thing. But I still have that login and that, that option is still open to me if I want to use it. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, I don't feel like I need to. Okay. So. Excellent. Good. Cool. <laughs> I guess the other thing, just to, to touch on a little deeper, is that whole thing of your perception of yourself. Mm-hmm. When Would you say being unwell is the right phrase to use? No. You, what, what was the right phrase to use in this case? Not being me. Right. I, I, I wasn't me. I wasn't the me that I knew and I wasn't the me that most people knew. Right, okay. And did you, from I'm, inside that, you knew it but couldn't get back to you? In hindsight, there was no way I could have ever got back to myself without help. Right. Right. And nobody specifically other than perhaps James recognised that and tried to actively make a difference, would you say? I don't know. I've never, like I said, I've never really spoken about it with my parents. Mm. And the peers that you met, like who are now. I've, I've spoken friends. about it quite extensively with them. Mm. But because I met them while I was going through it, yeah. I don't know whether they, obviously, they, they never knew me before. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thought because I've never really sort of said to someone, how, how different am I now <laughs> in your perception? Yeah. I, I've never, I've never thought of myself as, as a particularly highly strung sort of person until I had a baby. Right now, I think I'm quite highly strung. Oh, really? That's, yeah. that's fascinating, isn't it? I think, yeah, it does change you. It really does mm. change you. I feel, I, I'm still in shock. I have had children, and that's <laughs> ten and thirteen. I'm not responsible enough to have children. How am I eight year old? When did that happen? <laughs> but there is that, and I think there are moments of that, and and being that oh, gosh, I am responsible mm-hmm. and I have got this person mm-hmm. that I have to feed and mm-hmm. I have to clothe and I have to make sure they're warm and, you mm-hmm. know, and, and safe. And, and yeah, it, it is hugely overwhelming. And I think if someone is in the depths of that and they have had help mm-hmm. and they are, perhaps they do have that social circle, but mm-hmm. that's kind of a buzz mm-hmm. that's quite distant and perhaps they're feeling on their own at the moment. W- what kind of advice would you give to someone to just help keep going and just to strive and not let any darker thoughts or other things kind of take the place talk Mm. whether you you talk it or you write it Mm. or you sing it Mm -hmm. or you draw it get it out don't Mm. hold it in Mm. doesn't matter who you talk about it to if you have a cat talk to the cat if you have a wall talk to the wall if if it's primal screen therapy that works for you then then do something yeah find a way of getting out because there's nothing worse than feeling like it's it, you've got to bottle it all up. Mm. 
remember to all things shall pass. Uh-huh. No one is ever going to, well, no one should ever feel this way forever. No. It, it will pass and it will get better. Whether you do something about it or you don't, not every day is going to feel as shitty as the day today does. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And if you can't manage one day at a time, then manage one hour at a time. And if you can't manage an hour at a time, then do the next 10 minutes. Uh-huh. Don't give yourself massive goals. Don't go, oh God, well, next week is this and the week after it's that. Just go, well, you know what, this afternoon, we're going to go out for half an hour. Yeah. And tomorrow, we'll deal with when tomorrow comes. Uh-huh. If you can't make long-term plans, don't make them. Yeah. Take each day as it comes. And if the people around you can't cope with that, then they're not the people to be having around you. That is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that I haven't mentioned or you haven't mentioned that you'd like to talk about? I don't think so. I think that's been beautifully <laughs> sick on. Well, Laura, thank you so, so much for sharing all of your real life, essentially, oh, yeah. you know, and I think it's really important to be encouraging people to talk and to have the conversations and if you feel like a friend of yours or a relative or someone is perhaps having similar sounding issues then you know get proactive about it and and do talk to them yeah trying to help in some way and uh, and hopefully help them get to a better place Mm -hmm. as laura said day day by day or hour by hour superb well thank you very much That's it. Another three episodes complete on a subject matter I have deeply enjoyed trying to fathom some of the ins and outs of in and around. Thank you so much to Lara for all of her time, her full heart and for sharing what have been some very difficult times. Please take a moment to send her hugs of good health and happiness, mental well-being and, well, I hope she knows she's potentially helped a lot of people understand at least one perspective of dealing with the day-to-day of postnatal depression. So thank you, Lara. You're amazing. I love you in a friendly way. <laughs> I love my friends. Honestly, if you're my friend and you're listening to this, I love you too. Anyway, <laughs> next week we jump straight into looking at Rachel's pretty much unexpected epileptic fit with all the ladies present and none of them really knowing at all what to do or how to help her. Would you know what to do if someone fitted in front of you? Well, hopefully this episode helps and Lucy herself shares the ins and outs of how the epilepsy first manifested in school. Yeah, you can imagine that, right? Wasn't pleasant for anyone bless her and how she's coping with it now as an adult thanks must go to diane alexandra as flo lucy shirley as rachel kirsten stansfield as freya and well i played charlie as if i needed to say that alongside the wonderful amazing laura parker as gabby my wonderful executive producer fiona thrail also runs dashing onions audio I would love it if you do follow the links to her audio awesome which are on the show notes and have a look at how amazing her fantastic audio output is too, as well as being hugely important to me in making this show. Thank you, Fiona. Funkiest music in the world was by Matt Hutt and Zach Lemon. And uh, I did a little nightmarish homage to a well-known tune and all. I hope your week ahead is a glorious one in as much as it can be and Well, I wonder if you can please help me out by filling in the survey for the funders of this show, the Wellcome Trust and Pulse Awards, Britpod Awards, to uh, just to help them gauge what impact this show's had on your 
podcast listening. It would help them know that this kind of podcast was worth sponsoring and hopefully encourage them to do it again. So please do click the link in the show notes. It only takes a, a short while. Much appreciated. Thank you. And just a heads up, on Sunday the 14th of June, we'll hold an Anyone for Coffee Chill Out Cafe. Yes. Online, on Zoom, bring your own bottle. We're in, or coffee, we're in members of the cast will be around to chat on any aspect of their contribution to the podcast and more. So if you have a burning question for any of us or just want to say hi, please do join us by filling in the Google form on the show notes. Thanks massively to all the folks sending in thoughts and queries to the quirkyvoices at gmail.com email. We would love to hear more from you very, very much. So don't be shy. Drop us a line. Please do keep an eye out for all future eps. And well, it would be honestly amazing if you wanted to leave a review for this show. It, well, it might help me raise some funding for a new season. And I would love to hear what issues and women's medical health problems that you might like to hear about on future episodes. So, as I say, have the grooviest, healthiest, happiest week possible, you wonderful people. I, well, I might order some sparklers and, and use them in my garden just for fun. Like, that was... So much fun recording that, could you tell? Well, have as much fun as you possibly can fit into your week and uh, join us next week for more. Bye for now. <laughs>